Hello and welcome to Community Topics, number 14 of Dualist Community. I am eternal, perpetually finding the balance between seeing all the dope shit I can do in each and every moment and being super fucking excited about it and finding patience and recognizing that me rushing it will only take away from my ability to see things clearly and do all the dope shit that I can here and now. And I'm uncertain about the environment that we are doing all that dope shit in. I'm not certain about whether or not I'm a mind experiencing a body or a body experiencing its mind. And I think that the truth is somewhere in between in, in terms of being both and neither. And I think that that's a perfect segue into what we're going to be talking about today, which is, of course, community topics number 14. The voted topics this week were metaphysics and being change. And so we're not going to waste any time. I'm not going to get into any announcements, except for one, of course, that season four is starting next week, December 4th. We're going to be live streaming and we're going to be making that a regular weekly thing. So definitely tune in to our website after December 4th to find our new schedule. If you'd like to join us on YouTube or Twitch or Instagram or TikTok live. That all said, Andrew, you spent the day looking into metaphysics. I know that this is not something necessarily that you've had a lot of experience with growing up Christian because in Christianity, they have their own type of metaphysics. So I'm really curious to know what you thought of what you explored and what your questions might be. It's, it's an in-depth topic, but I think after we go through some of the weeds, it's going to become much more familiar territory as we go through this episode. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've, as you mentioned, and as I told you before, I, I have been looking into some stuff today because honestly, the specific term metaphysics and the things that were brought up in this suggested topic being chi, uh, chakras, clairvoyance are not things I've necessarily looked into that much. I haven't spent much time specifically looking into all of them. I did at a point before I began sort of waking up to seeing myself more clearly or, or lack of myself more clearly. Uh, I did get into some chakra stuff and looking into that with uh, crystals and whatnot. And so I think it's something that, especially chi being sort of this underlying life force of reality, seems pretty similar to awareness itself. Um, they all resonated pretty quickly with me um, as I began to look into them. But yeah, so basically... I guess from my understanding, metaphysics are more or less like the foundational principles of reality explained in different ways. They're all sort of branches of the same recognition being that everything just is. We are awareness experiencing itself and any division we perceive is rooted in an illusion. But I think what I found with a lot of these things, especially things like chakras, and is when they're taken at face value and they're sort of believed in and looked at as something that is something you have to almost work on as opposed to something that happens, you know, a balancing or an unbalancing of our chakras is simply a response to us not seeing things as clearly and seeing ourselves as something inherently separate from reality will lead to a quote unquote imbalance in your chakras, but then balancing out your chakras, if it's done 
for the sake of balancing them, for the sake of improving yourself, I found was similar to doing something like meditation for the sake of improving yourself as opposed to being a response to letting go more and more of the idea of yourself. All of a sudden through that, your chakras become more balanced. So it's not so much something to be focused on similar to uh, Hawkins scale of consciousness isn't something to be focused on and thought like, oh, I want to get to this level. Because if you're thinking about it through your idea of yourself, it's going to hinder your ability to get to that place. So it's it's that tricky balance, the paradox of getting somewhere while not needing to get there at the same time is like a bunch of words that I'm throwing out there related to met metaphysics that have been going on in my head all day today. But to throw it back to Ray, because I know you've been you know, come across these for probably a lot longer, have a little bit more experience with them. I'm curious what your thoughts and, or I guess what your definition of metaphysics is and how you see these things uh, on the surface. That was really well said. And it's a really broad topic. So you did a great introduction. I just wanted to say that quickly, but um, I spent a lot of time going through different branches uh, of metaphysics. Cause I mean, technically, Metaphysics just means of the mind. So it's the best that we could reason without empirical evidence. And so a lot of our original questions, is there a God? Why are we here? That kind of thing. That's all a metaphysical argument or a metaphysical question in terms of there's no real way to provide empirical evidence that our answer is correct, regardless of the answer. And so it's everything of the mind. And so when I started learning about, say, chi, um, when I started learning about the chakras and what they symbolize or what they're supposed to symbolize and where they are in the body and so on and so forth. And then you start looking at Qigong, um, which is very much in the same vein, uh, acupuncture, which also talks about the different energy meridians in the body. And so none of these things are empirically proven. None of them are scientifically backed, but they are the product of hundreds, sometimes thousands of years of us trying to probe reality only through our mind. And so like the chakras are a great example. You can't find the chakras in your body, right? Because they're quote unquote energy centers. But what they really are, are points of focus that we envision being down our singular most prominent point of focus, which is our spine and all of the feelings that go through our spine to the rest of our body and, and vice versa, right? And so we imagine the chakras being a line from the top of our head all the way down to, to our root. And we envision it that way because that's the experience of our body. We, we're seeing it through that lens. And, and so we start to forget the fact that we're trying to envision a feeling or we're trying to envision sensitivity in a certain way. We're translating something that we're experiencing in a way that our mind can comprehend. And so it's doing so according to all the, inf the information it's ever been exposed to. And so we forget that. We start to actually think that we're looking at seven singular points that mean seven singular different things and have seven different effects when in fact, in fact it's just a spectrum, as you were saying with, with Hawkins, right? It's just that our mind interpreted it in that way at some point. And then other people who weren't looking into it with the same degree of depth, just went, yeah, there's seven. 
questions, <laughs> question answered, and, and they moved on, right? But the same is true for um, the personification of deities, right? We'll look at forces in the world and we'll go, oh, the gods are angry, and the gods are happy. Well, that's that's also metaphysics. That's that's also our mind trying to figure out a reasonable explanation for the experience that we're having. So it's interesting. When we were at the retreat, we were uh, going through some Reiki at one point, which is also metaphysics. Now, the benefits of Reiki have been shown repeatedly, but whether or not you can prove that there is actually a transfer of energy between two people is something that I don't think we've learned how to do as yet, right? Not to the degree that these old traditions and these old practices say is happening. Like in Qigong, there's a certain degree of certainty that your body is reacting to the actions of your consciousness when you practice Qigong. A scientific view would have a great deal more skepticism about that because there's no way to quantify that. And, and so again, it, it comes down to how much can we use our mind to interpret reality? And where is the danger in that? Because I use that all the time. I, I love visual representation of insights. I love when things go through my brain as symbolism or metaphor, but I never fall into the trap of thinking, aha, the metaphor is the important part. The metaphor is simply trying to communicate an insight, or rather, it is the vehicle through which an insight is being communicated, right? And, and so, yeah, I, I think that metaphysics is a great practice. I, I think it really just comes down to questioning reality and allowing your imagination to come up with as many insights as it can unbridled by what we think is real or not real. I, I think the problem is that we keep settling on answers as always. Yeah, definitely. That was a common theme that I came across in my, you know, research, my plethora of YouTube video watching that I went through all about chakras and chi and all that stuff. And it was that so many of the videos kind of all said the same thing. Like it, they were all reading the same script. And as we do constantly on this podcast and in our content and everything, we question all of it. And it just seemed to me like so much of the things that I was learning about, listening to, reading about in my research of this stuff just went completely unquestioned. And it was like, oh, if this is the case, then, you know, if, if you're going through this experience, it means that this chakra is blocked. And in order to, to balance it out, you have to do this. And the issue that I felt like I, I saw in all of it was that it's all being perceived through your idea of yourself. As you mentioned, like all of these exist inside of your mind that has certain experiences and therefore ways that you see the world. And so for you to just say blanket statement, if you're experiencing this, this chakra is blocked. And it's like to settle on just seven of them and just be like, this is it. X equals Y and two equals four and whatever. I don't, I don't know what that means, but it's, it's like all of them just had these objective. They were so sure that like, if this is happening, this is blocked. And in order to unblock it, you have to do this and you have to, you know, focus on this and do this meditation and do this breath work practice. And you have to go buy this crystal and put it on your heart. And, you know, that'll, that'll clear things up. And it was all of these things that were outside of your idea of yourself. And what I see with 
everything, all the suffering we experience comes back to our idea of ourself and how we're perceiving the world is filtered through our idea of ourselves all the time. So all of these metaphysical ideologies and practices are still going to be filtered through your idea of you. And I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring up this, uh, on today's episode, but I feel like I kind of want to, because I think it's a good example of an experience that I've had where I felt like something was going on with a chakra and really it was just me dealing with my idea of myself and how I perceived reality through the idea of me. And so I was dealing with some things. I don't have to get into too many specifics, but it was related to sexual energy. And I was dealing with insecurities related to my sexual energy. And so I started getting into, you know, I, when I'm dealing with something less so anymore, because I see that it's all rooted in how I'm perceiving things through my idea of myself. But in the past, I would, I would just go crazy and research and go until I figured it out. If it took a day or a week or a month, you know, whatever it was. And so started coming across a lot of chakra videos. And I believe it's the sacral chakra is like your sexual one. It's the one right above the root kind of in your uh, lower abdomen area. And that's where I was feeling some, whether it's because I came across these videos and saw that that was the location, I was feeling some unease or just some restriction in that spot. And I was like, oh, I must have a blocked sacral chakra. And really, it was just, I was perceiving myself in a certain way based on past experiences that I had. And this was the thing that essentially woke me up was this experience where I recognized that all these things related to sexual experiences and energy and yada, 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 that had happened to me in the past, I was seeing those as tied to my idea of Andrew, my idea of my identity. And I was afraid of them happening again in the future. So something I got caught up on for a little while was, oh, you know, it's not my idea of myself that's the issue. It's that this chakra is blocked and I just have to figure out how to unblock it. So I got some crystals, started doing some shit and like none of it worked. And this this was the week before I woke up. I, I was literally going through everything from med every meditative practice I've ever been through, every gratitude practice, every affirmation, every chakra healing, fucking breath work, whatever you want to do. Like I went through it all, the whole ringer of spiritual stuff and nothing worked. And finally, I I came across something I've talked about this many times, the experience I had walking through New York, recognized that, you know, maybe I don't have a past in the way that I think. Maybe, you know, I do have a past, but the idea of myself that's rooted in the past isn't the truth of what I am if I've only ever been this, the awareness of this moment here and now. And that was it. That was the thing. That experience beyond all of the things having to do with the chakras and energy healing and blah, 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 it was my idea of myself that I was holding onto, that I was defining based on all of these past experiences. And as I let that go of being the truth of what I was, all of a sudden I was free. And through that, I'm guessing if I did have a blocked sacral chakra, it got unblocked, but it wasn't because I was focused on it. It was because I let go of my idea of myself as being this inherently separate thing from reality that did it. And so it's a result more so of that experience of letting go as opposed to something that you have to focus on and then the letting go happens because you focused on it it's more the reverse but most people focus on you know 
the energy spot as opposed to their idea of themselves, which is what they perceive reality through. It's not too different from uh, the reasoning that you're depressed because of the chemical imbalance in your brain, as opposed to the chemicals in your brain have changed because of your singular focus habitually over time, right? And it's just the habit of putting the cart before the horse. But what's interesting is that because we're talking about metaphysics, it is of the mind. We have to recognize that, which means what you said is exactly the truth. And it's something that people almost willingly forget. I'll give you an example. Um, one thing I've often run across when it comes to people who delve into the metaphysical is the idea of a white protective energetic shield that you just meditate on having this white protective energetic shield and that it keeps you safe through your life. It gives you this, this sense of, of being safe. And that's really what it does. It gives you the sense of being safe, which allows you to be a little bit more fluid and make more out of each and every moment that you're going through. So it's not really doing anything other than being a placebo. But the problem is that if you are consistently creating that white bubble, you're also consistently reinforcing the idea that there is something to fear. And so now you have to keep going through that drama over and over and over again. And this is something that happens frequently. People will delve into the metaphysical and decide that they are, I don't know, angelic or paladins or something along those lines, basically something with an extremely self-important narrative. But as a result of that self-important narrative and the fact that they are using their mind to create this new symbolic story, there is an equally powerful other side because that's how the mind works, right? And so there, there's a lot of danger in the metaphysical. And this is why we don't generally talk about it. And I want to say this very quickly. I won't talk about metaphysics in too great a detail unless I'm face-to-face -face with the person I'm talking to, because you can get so lost in your imagination that you forget that there is a here and now to live in and it's because the mind is so powerful because the mind is a reflection of everything that is awareness that is reality itself and so there is this line between using the symbolism of your mind versus being its victim and getting lost in it and, and so i always caution people when it comes to exploring metaphysics or exploring astral travel or anything like that because the point is here and now reality is the point but if you can explore your imagination or, and I use the word imagination with some hesitation, you can explore what is your awareness and enjoy doing so. But it's like anything else, you know, it, it should inform the experience of your existence, not necessarily be an escape from the experience of your existence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, I feel like that was a, common thought I had coming up over and over with these types of things was like, you can so easily get caught up in the belief systems of them and not recognize where they come from, kind of similar to astrology in that way that you can get so caught up in the, all of the work that had been done by someone who was going through it and the thousands of years of the development of these things, and then just see the surface of it and just be like, oh, you act this way. Oh, are you a, are you a cancer? Are you a Taurus? Are you a whatever? And with no depth of where it's actually coming from. And I think that's the same for any metaphysical type 
belief pattern, be it like, you know, tapping into the chi or, you know, unblocking your chakras or whatever it may be, it's still, if you're so caught up in the belief of the way that it works and the structure of it, you can get lost in that and not see it for what it actually is and almost take it to be too much of the truth, kind of like any line from the Bible or any words from a spiritual, quote unquote, spiritual master or whatever. If if you don't see where they're coming from, they can so easily get distorted so quickly. Like with all, you know, just think of all of Jesus's teachings. He was speaking in symbolism and metaphors and analogies. And, you know, we took all of them to be the truth. We took all of them at face value, thinking that he was literally talking about his daddy the whole time. It's like, no, he's just talking about like the greater awareness that he also was, you know, father, son, Holy spirit, Holy Trinity, one in the same three in one, all the same thing. Like how the fuck are we not seeing that? He's just saying like, I am that just like I am this. And there's no division between it. I think so moving into another topic within the metaphysical realm, uh, being chi, uh, I think when I came across that, it was talked a lot about as being like this universal life force that you can tap into tap out of. And I think there was a lack of recognition that you are it. Like it's something that you can experience just like you can kind of experience the present moment. Oh, you're not being present right now. And it's like, I get it when you're caught up in your mind, when you're thinking about the future or thinking about the past, you, there's like two different sides of being present. There's sort of the recognition that you can't be anything else, but there's also more of the surface level of like, you know, worrying about the future, regretting the past. It's like you're not being as, as present there, but with Chi, I never saw it and I'm sure people did. I just didn't come across videos that were talking about it in the way that like it's intrinsically tied to you. Like you are that universal life force in every moment. It's not something you tap in and tap out of. There's depth to it, I think. There's there's a deepening of the recognition, a letting go, a peeling back the layers. And the more you peel it back, the more clearly you see it, the more tapped into it you are. But it's not to say that you're ever divided from it. Like you're always it and the belief. And I think this is a big reason why the West doesn't prescribe to chi or think about it as much or kind of discounts it is because it's inherently unifying when you see it for what it is. And Western culture typically, especially, you know, in the US, that's where I've lived my whole life. That's sort of where I base a lot of my examples off of is so caught up in identity, so caught up in the belief that duality is the truth, that division is the truth, that how could we possibly prescribe to something like chi that is this universal awareness, this universal life force that is intrinsically tied to everything and everyone? You have to let go a little bit, at least a little bit of your idea of yourself as being something inherently separate, inherently divided, separate from reality in order to see it clearly. And so it makes sense to me why chi is not something that's that's recognized very often in Western culture, in something like Christianity and Catholicism, things like that, because they they rely on that perception of division to survive. They need you to see yourself as inherently separate from God, from reality, from everything in order to you know follow them and continue to prescribe to their belief system as opposed to recognizing the lack of division and the unity that is the truth of, of everything. Yeah, absolutely. What's interesting about 
chi or, or the concept of chi is that it depends on who you're talking to. I know from taking Wing Chun that at one point I had an opportunity to learn Tikbo Sam, which means iron cloth shirt. And basically it's a form of breathing where you're drawing your chi into, into different parts of your body to basically bolster your defense. So that way, if you do get hit, it doesn't have the same impact. And going through this, you're thinking to yourself, really? Is this really going to work? And then you watch it actually work and you have to wonder to yourself, okay, but is that a placebo? Like, is that just my brain making this work? In which case, isn't that exactly what they're saying I'm doing? So you end up going full circle. And it really just comes back down to the difference in how you perceive it, right? So if you perceive it as, you know, I'm using my energy, you can hear all of the ego there. You can hear all of the separation. You can hear all the control, even the possession in that statement. Whereas the experience of chi in a martial art or in a meditation or, or in a practice like Tai Chi, for example, really translates to attention. Chi is your attention. And where your attention is, energy flows. And, and that's what they're trying to communicate. But you see how it gets lost in the conceptual. It gets lost in this otherworldly kind of esoteric knowledge kind of category where it should be just a really interesting way of describing what it is we're experiencing subjectively. So I find that really interesting. Same with channelers, right? Channelers, my most common gripe for sure, uh, because channelers are experiencing all these insights, but they're translating it through their perception of themselves, which means they can't be responsible for them because they have a view of themselves or they are not willing to be responsible for certain insights. And so they have to pass it off to this third party that doesn't really exist. Otherwise they'd have to apply them and actually change their life. Whereas, you know, if I'm just part-time this channeled being, then that's the only time I really have to be impeccable. The rest of the time I can go back to gambling and boozing, right? Just, you know, it's when I'm in front of people channeling that I can, I have to, you know, really settle into these insights. And that's kind of where it all gets lost, but it really is just how we translate the experience of the mind. And it's always based on what we want to reach for. Like a person, for example, who is looking for a higher power, looking for a bigger rhyme or reason or, or a, a higher intelligence is running the whole show. They will look at a coincidence in a completely different way as somebody who is not looking for that. They will see the exact same thing in a completely different way based on what they need to see. And that's the danger in metaphysics is need because that's when you start settling on answers and that's where all of a sudden your imagination or the content of your awareness is no longer a tool. Now it's a trap, right? And so I think that exploring metaphysics it is a great idea so long as you always come back to the here and now and understand that whatever it is you're going through within your awareness is meant to inform that relationship between the observer and the observed. It's meant to inform your relationship as the here and now. Keep that in mind and, and you can gallivant throughout the entire cosmos of your awareness without any concern whatsoever. It's just when you start taking it seriously, when you start self-defining and when it starts becoming conceptual and you can feel the undertow immediately upon describing it that way. Yeah. And I feel like 
you bring up a good point with attention and how it really just comes back to your attention. And I feel like that's sort of bringing it back to ground level in a way with the application, because with a lot of these things, like with metaphysics, when I would hear that word, I was like, oh man, that's this whole big thing. And like only really smart, intelligent, spiritual people understand these and chakras and chi and all this stuff. And really it's something that is applied. Everyone applies every single day. Everyone experiences every single day, but I feel like it's categorized in a way that sort of creates this natural sense of division between people who get it and people who don't, people who are spiritual and people who are not. And the reality is that mo most of the time, in my experience, people don't define themselves as super spiritual and just go about their days and are just like, you know, going through stuff and they're attentive to what they're doing and they're enthusiastic about things like they're experiencing these more clearly than someone who studies metaphysics or thinks of themselves as like a chakra healing master and chi master and whatever energy healing guru and all these things. And because it puts them on such a pedestal and so beginning now to shift into the other topic of, of being changed, I think the issue with people who do think of these things is so high up. And if they understand it, that means they're higher up is that they don't recognize and they're unwilling to shift with things. And that's really the root of something like G is, is being able to flow and shift and tap into the flow. And if you're defining yourself as this guru, master, holier than everyone, you're, you're going to inherently not want to change. You're going to inherently cut yourself off from the flow of things through identifying as something that is above others or higher up or, or more closely connect, like a fucking priest, more closely connected to God. It's like by defining yourself, you're cutting yourself off. Every time you're, you define yourself as something, you're cutting yourself off from that chi, from that flow that's that's always happening, that's always there. It's like you're clinging to the side of the river, defining yourself as that, getting stuck as opposed to letting go and not needing to define yourself because you don't fear quite so much. You, you aren't so afraid of how you're going to be perceived and and need that thing to sort of blanket you like that white energetic cloak that you were talking about before. When you're in that state, you feel like you need that cloak to defend yourself from all of those things. You need that identity, but that identity is is really what cuts you off. So the reality is that you can't define yourself. You can never actually truly define what you are. But you know, in this current day and age, that seems like the worst thing ever. It's like, what do you mean? I, I can't know myself. I can't find myself. I need to know myself. I need to find myself. And it's like, no, you don't because you actually can't. It's actually impossible. And so relaxing into that recognition of, of being changed, the, the reality that you are change manifest, you are process changing in every single moment, never not being yourself, but always changing. And that's okay. Like that's where freedom lies in that state of change, in that state of uncertainty, that constant state of uncertainty of being like, you know, I don't, I don't know what I am. I don't know who I am. You can still act. You know, we think that we have to define ourselves in order to take part in things. It's like, no, you don't be the part of the thing, be the thing that's happening. And you'll be more closely connected to reality as opposed to being something that is experiencing this thing, being this stagnant idea that is experiencing reality. The more clearly you recognize that you are change, the more you're going to flow with things, you, the more you're going to tap into that 
you know, flow state that we've talked about in the past. That's, I would argue is sort of the peak state you can be in, which is just the state that you're in when you're not thinking about yourself so much. But as long as you're defining yourself, as long as you're seeing yourself in a certain way, because you're afraid, you're not going to be able to flow as well. You're going to cut yourself off and, and you're not going to be able to act in the same amount of clarity as you could if you let go of needing to identify yourself as anything. It's funny how it always just comes back down to the fact that we are disempowering ourselves with each and every definition that we hold on to. And in this case, I think that we are severely disempowering ourselves to some degree because when we cut ourselves off from reality, we, I think, convince ourselves that we're not capable of doing the same amount of things. I think that with self-definition comes limitation immediately. And I think without that limitation to a very large degree, the placebo effect would be something that we could use a little bit more easily. And, and so I'll, I'll give you a quick example. So when I was in the rainforest, I felt agitated. I recognized sitting there that I was on a trajectory that was making me calmer over time that was influencing me in a certain way. But while I was on that trajectory, I still felt like I was bouncing all around the line that I was supposed to be on. I didn't feel aligned with the path that I was on. And as I was looking at it that way, in my mind, I could clearly see two distinct points of light traveling through the darkness. One, which was the, traje the trajectory of my life. And the other was me bouncing around it, vibrating, wondering what to do and worrying. And as I got into the symbolism of that visual, I could feel my body relax and I could see that little point of light stop vibrating so much. And then by the end of it, and quite a bit of time passed as I got lost in this visual, I felt aligned with my trajectory. All of that nervousness and that distortion had vanished. And it was through allowing myself to experience what was going through my mind as though it was real as symbolism for my life for my experience. So there's power there, but had I been thinking to myself, oh, it's just going through my mind. It's just my imagination. It would not have had the same impact. Had I been telling myself that, oh, I couldn't possibly have that power over myself, or I'm just a tiny little human being on a ball that doesn't know I'm here. Any of that stuff would have disempowered the entire experience that I had and the impact that it had on my life. And so as always, it's just getting out of our own way and really using what's available to us to the best of our ability. But at the moment, we don't know what is available to us. We call it imagination and dreams. And we, we have all these wonderful quaint labels for the things that are a part of our awareness or our existence as a whole. And we're just starting to look at them, right? We're just starting to look at them as being part of our existence in itself. And this was something from the retreat that really got me was that symbolism especially which is a big part of meta metaphysics if you look back throughout ancient history at the various sculptures and the various statues and the various gods and all of their symbolism symbolism was a rich rich part of metaphysics and it's because reality is symbolic but i don't think that we currently have the awareness or i think perhaps we are limiting our awareness too much according to our, our limited self-identity to recognize that there is a language 
that is being spoken by reality in terms of timing and symbolism. I don't think that we have the wherewithal to understand or interact with that language as it is happening as yet. But I think that metaphysics is a doorway to doing so, so long as we can avoid the same old trap of making it ego-based, making it about an answer. If we could make metaphysics another expansion of the same path of questioning everything, then what we're doing is we're blurring the lines between what we are so certain is possible and what might be possible. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost like letting go of the belief in the metaphysical while holding on to the recognition of it, that balance, that fucking crazy ass paradoxical balance, like with everything. And it's such so fascinating because it seems like a difficult thing, but it's also the opposite of it. Like the difficult thing is believing in it and holding on to it and thinking that, you know, oh, I got to get this and get there and utilize this practice to get to this point. And it's like all of that, like, where is that rooted? It's rooted in lack. It's rooted in this belief that you have to get somewhere in order to become more complete, more whole, more worthy, all of those things. Like that's what it's all rooted in. So as you let go of that more and more, you're actually tapping into the recognition of what's possible through letting go of needing for any of it to be possible or, or to be something that you can do as this person. It's like, as you let go of it being a need, it starts to happen more and more. Um, so that's, that's always fun. Um, but it is actually fun. I say that I, it's, I, it might've come across sarcastically and that it's, it's like wild and obnoxious, but it is actually quite fun. I find it to be very fun and catching yourself becomes more and more fun, the less seriously you take yourself. And you find that, you know, you start laughing more when you catch yourself getting caught up in needing to get somewhere or feeling like you have to get to this place in order to, to achieve whatever, to think that, you know, what's actually best, or, you know, where the best spot for you to be is in a few days from now, like, as if you actually could have any idea of what that is. And as you let go of yourself needing to get yourself to that place it's like yourself gets there way more quickly way more easily with way less friction than you ever could have through griping and you know pushing yourself through and grinding through it and all of those things and it's also not to say again like with everything that grinding isn't something that you can utilize but it's like where is it rooted in like what idea is it rooted in? Because grinding, working hard, like we work super hard at all of this stuff, putting stuff together, putting content out there, making videos, clipping things up, like putting out a bunch of podcast episodes. Like this is hard work, but the more we let go of it needing to get to a specific place, the more that it's just, it, it's easier to do because we don't have this definitive goal that we need to get to. We're just doing it, knowing that it's going somewhere, we don't know where that is, and letting go of the need of it to get to a certain place in order for it to fulfill ourselves, because we both know inherently, as with you, if you've you know been listening to this podcast for a while, you've probably been able to recognize in your own life, not through us saying anything, but just through your own work, 
that you're whole right now. You're as fulfilled as you could ever possibly be. And through that, you can act in clarity. You can keep moving forward with that sense of clarity, sense of inherent accomplishment that you've already got everything you need. And then you're actually able to tap in to, you know, that metaphysical realm, but not, not through needing for it to be something. And so going back to what you were talking about before with your own experience in the forest, I'm curious with the symbolism with that, the two lights that you saw. So is that sort of seeing the trajectory of yourself? Was it like the symbolism between yourself as God as reality as the universe experiencing itself in one light. And then the idea of Ray sort of like bouncing around, being agitated, wondering like, oh, am I doing the right thing, getting to the right place? And then as you let go of needing, you know, to get to that specific place, it's sort of like aligned more clearly just from letting go and, and feeling like you had to get to a specific place at a certain time as Ray. And so it was, it was more or less just the process of letting go of that idea of Ray as that's needing a perfect to description. become anything. Obviously. I would say that's absolutely perfect in how you describe that. And that's exactly, exactly what it is. And you're going through this experience of just surrendering. But what's interesting is that you're so lost in the experience that you're having, that it is a full body experience. Like you're, you're actually feeling yourself in, in terms of like the energy of it. And again, there's that, that part that's not quantifiable. There's that, that part that we're not able to prove right? Because it's purely subjective. But the fact that it had such an overwhelming effect over me and my life is proof enough for me. I don't need to communicate what happened to somebody else and have them go, well, it sounds like it might've worked, but I'm not too sure. Like it doesn't really matter to me. The experience in itself has already changed me. And, and that's very much the point is that allow yourself to experience everything that you are. And I mean that in terms of when you find yourself just drifting in thought and that thought is going in a direction that you wouldn't otherwise go in normally. Like it's not being a productive thought. It's not going towards a sense of control. Not, just let it happen. Just let it happen because that's the processing that you may not understand needs to happen. Don't interfere. And the more you do that, the more you will start to recognize that those processes become really quite interesting. And they gain a lot of color and a lot of nuance and a lot of depth because you're no longer getting in the way of them. You're no longer saying what they have to be based on what you're comfortable with. And that's the same with everything we've ever talked about in terms of concepts and thoughts and identity and self-image. It's always just about getting out of the way. I think the only thing that we've really tried to communicate in this episode specifically is that the possibilities should also be questioned. It's worth looking into this for the simple fact that there is so much possibility. We are usually so quick to settle on an answer that one has to wonder what we would find if we weren't so quick to settle on an answer, if we were to actually use this apparently built-in mechanism of our awareness to translate and interpret and experience and be a part of whatever this whole existence thing is. We aren't using that though. We have this very rigid idea of what is real and what is not. And then we segregate everything that's not real or applicable or, or going to make us money or get us to the next appointment. And, and I think because of that, we are limiting the change that we would otherwise embody. 
Yeah. Yeah. That is, and going back to just the things I came across and looking into the metaphysical realm, it's like, it seemed like they were all talking from the same script, all of the videos, all the people that I came across. And as you just mentioned, it really makes me wonder when we let go of the need to define our limitations, especially the positive limitations, you know, they were talking about, oh, when your chakra is unblocked, when it's blocked, it's this, when it's unblocked, it's this, you're capable of this. It's like, anytime you define that point, it's still a limitation. Like, why do we feel such a strong need to settle on these specific answers, thinking that, oh, this is, you know, peak, this is peak humanity. It's like, what if it's not? What if believing that it is is the exact thing that's limiting us from experiencing anything beyond it? What if that's the case? What if? Who knows? I don't know. We're not here trying to prove anything to you. We're just here questioning these with you and having a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> and not settling on an answer. But yeah, it's it's really interesting because some of it you can see where it comes from. I mean, the chakras, for example, they all represent different parts of our awareness, right? Our throat represents communication. The top of our head represents awareness. Like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's really not hard to figure out how our mind interpreted this as being symbolic of that part of our existence. Symbolism, again, right? But there are a lot of ways to communicate and not everybody uses their throat, right? What if you were a mute and you were having problems communicating? Would you still feel it in your throat? I don't know if that's necessarily the case because for you, the symbolism of communication might be your hands. So perhaps when you're experiencing a quote unquote block in your communication chakra, you'd be feeling it in your hands. Who knows? Right. And it really just comes down to each and every person and their symbolism for their own existence. And that comes through experience and context and exposure and a willingness to explore all of that. And I think that's the biggest danger as always is just going, no, it's always this. And in doing that, there's a lot of security. There's a lot of false certainty. We don't have to question anything. There's no ambiguity. There's no gray area. And that's why we do it as always. That's why we cling to it. Right. But again, we know where that goes and it goes here. It's not like we haven't been practicing metaphysics in the way that it's being practiced right now for a long time. You know, it, it's just that it's always the concept. It's always the practice. It's always the quick fix. It's always, how do I get rid of my anxiety? Oh, you got to clear your chakras. It's, or you could recognize where the anxiety comes from and address the ego and all the accumulated distortion that goes along with that. And, oh, look at that. Your chakras are cleared and you're feeling just fine. It's just putting the cart before the horse. As always, we just want the quick fix so that way we don't have to change. We can just change that which we don't like. Yeah. Like, like with everything, as, as we change ourselves, everything else changes. And it's not so much that we have to go outside of anything besides ourselves, including to change the world, to change our environment, to change everything. Change comes through you because you are your environment. You are the world. You are reality. So the only thing you ever have to do is change yourself. And, and through that, through letting go, it's not even necessarily changing. It's, it's a letting go of the definitive idea of yourself, all of a sudden, boom, your chakras are cleared. You're more aligned with the chi. You're recognizing the change that you always are. They all go hand in hand, but they're, they're more of a response to looking within, questioning what you think you are, that solidified story that you tell yourself every single morning through a questioning of that. These all 
occur in response to it. It's not so much holding on to that and being like, oh, this is, you know, this block chakra is now a new thing that I hold on to within this idea of myself. And now I have to unblock it. No, it's letting go of that solid idea of yourself. And all of a sudden the reaction to that is it's unblocked, but it always starts through you and happens through you. Well, I will say that I am completely satisfied with this introductory conversation about metaphysics and being changed, because I think that we've bridged those two topics really well, and that we're going to leave it as is for now. There are a lot of other topics in terms of metaphysics that we could get into. We could start talking about um, non-physical entities. You've got other dimensions. You have the battle between heaven and hell. You've got all of that fun stuff, demons and angels and, and whatnot. But we're going to leave that because, again, that is a, a conversation that I prefer to have in person. So if you do come to a future retreat, by all means, tap me on the shoulder and I'm happy to talk about it there. Um, but for the most part, I just want to finish this off by saying stay in reality, stay in the here and now. Use your awareness to experience the here and now. Use the entirety of your, of your awareness to translate and filter and learn from and process reality in whatever symbolic way it's going to do that because you will benefit from doing so but do remember that it it is meant to inform your relationship to the here and now it is it is meant to be a tool that can either take you farther and farther from the experience of connection while feeling otherworldly or bring you closer and closer to the genuine recognition that we are all one and that reality itself isn't as real as we'd like to think, or at least not in the way that we tend to think. So on that note, we're going to wrap up here quickly. Andrew, any last words? Not really. No, I think, I think we covered all of this very well. I think this is a lot of fun. I think that as Ray said, stay here, stay now as fun as these things are to delve into, to talk about, to utilize as, you know, markers or tools or whatever you want to call them. Once they become the focus, it distorts your experience when when you think that you have to achieve these things to, you know, become enlightened or open up your third eye chakra or unblock your third eye chakra in order to become enlightened. It's like, let go of that idea, let go of that belief, let go of all the things that you hold on to so tightly and dearly to give yourself that false sense of certainty. And all of a sudden, things tend to play out exactly perfectly, exactly as they should. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We will see you in season four. Bye, everyone.